You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne. You're listening to an episode in my series, In Those Days, this time about how radio was in Ireland and how it moved on from there. A remark from a friend about having to do an essay on broadcasting prompted me to some recollections about the evolution of Radio Erin to Radio 1 from the time I was a young listener. She was too young to remember, for instance, that Radio Erin until 1968 used to close down in the morning after the nine o'clock news and there was dead air until five to one when the weather forecast presaged the news. And then there was a lunchtime of sponsored programmes, and then the station closed again at 2.30 until 5 o'clock. There was no gay barn hour, no live line, no afternoon Mike Murphy or the Derek Mooney show, and nothing like them, just nothing, like the universe before the Big Bang. And if you're wondering why I haven't mentioned all the current shows, the remark that triggered this thought stream was made a good few years ago. It wasn't until the Liam Nolan hour arrived on the airwaves in the 1960s that there was something to listen to in the mid-mornings. That programme, which actually became an hour and 50 minutes long, was the first which was titled by the name of its presenter, a change which eventually allowed people like Gay Byrne and many others to become celebrity presenters. Names that we continued to listen to for many years came from that mid-morning slot, including Rodney Rice and John Bowman. Marion Finucane also began her radio career in that era with a programme called Women Today, a first in Irish broadcasting to have a programme devoted to women and women's issues. It subsequently morphed into Liveline, which Marion developed and maintained as her own until jumping ship back to morning radio in 1999. And then she became a weekend mainstay and, until she left us suddenly and sadly at the start of this year, she was probably the longest-serving current affairs broadcaster working on RTE. It's worth considering a particular aspect of radio which developed alongside these changes, public access to the airwaves. Until named radio presenters began pushing issues which were related to listeners' lives, the only direct interaction with the public was in the form of written requests for some music programmes, such as hospitals' requests. There was also a programme based on readers' letters, Dear Sir or Madam. It was relatively harmless, consisting mainly of listeners' impressions about particular programmes. But the Liam Nolan Hour and its successors discussed subjects which prompted responses from listeners of much more thoughtful content. True, the writers had to wait until the following day to hear their views broadcast, but their efforts did add a reactive dimension beyond the letters to the editor in the national papers. Subsequently, it became possible to get a telephone message directly to the presenter while on air, which added a whole new element of immediacy to the thing. When the Gay Byrne Hour arrived and a brash new presenter with an innovative production team got into their act, they made the most of this. And when Women Today became Liveline in 1985, produced and presented by Marianne Finucane and Adirin Nivrian, callers became the real co-presenters. Ireland truly had arrived at being a radio nation talking to itself.
Of course, it was only part of the nation, predominantly a middle-class one. Taking part required access to a telephone, and that was still not a given in a large proportion of homes. It also required having the time to make the calls, and this was not the era when employers would feel positive about their people making calls to a radio station from the workplace. Gradually, both the technology and the attitudes shifted. Phones eventually arrived in almost every home, and even employers were often happy to allow their workers to call Liveline from their desks once they got the free plug of their business name on the airways. Live phone calls on air caused their problems to the broadcasters, and they still do. The legal remedies to defamation were eagerly employed following slanderous words written on the wind, whether inadvertently or otherwise. One notable absence for a few days of Joe Duffy from Liveline was because he had to appear in the High Court due to a case taken by somebody mentioned by a caller. As it happened, that one was also an expensive few days for the station. Today, the mobile communications revolution means that even young children have personal phones and direct audience response to anything said on air can be instant and often explosive. It's a time when nobody speaking on radio can expect to be able to leave the studio before knowing just what the people listening feel about their views. For a presenter who has a screen on which the comments are coming in real time, it makes it really easy to ask the questions which the country is asking. More than any other medium, Radio Today has become the forum for true democracy. And though there are challengers for the title in the new media areas, such as the blogosphere, Facebook and Twitter, it will still likely long remain the main battleground for the common people trying to have their say in a space where people actually listen. I have always believed, too, that radio is the better medium against television, because, as a little listener is said to have once replied when asked to express her preference, it has better pictures. In a tiny way, I made my own difference to Irish Radio when I joined RTE for a decade at the beginning of the 1980s. As a young listener, hearing it says in the papers being an exact recorded copy after the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock news, I used to be annoyed for some odd reason. At that time, I never dreamed that 20 years later I'd actually be a writer and presenter of that small but very popular slot. When I did, though, I insisted that I would broadcast both slots live and I made it a habit to change the script in a number of ways between the two broadcasts. Listeners liked that and said it. And for many years after I stopped doing that spot in 1991, it was suggested to the other presenters that at least the ending should be different each time. Small victories are often the sweetest. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. Thanks for listening.